0: Hey, podcast community. This is Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to today's show. This is a continuation of a presentation I gave recently uh, to a group of practitioners who are studying to be Continuum Movement teachers. Uh, Continuum Movement was founded by Emily Conrad. Uh, She's got a wonderful book she wrote a few years ago called Life on Land. I would check that out. Anyway, Continuum is a process of using different breathing practices, sounding practices with movement, and the results uh, can bring you more balance in your nervous system, reduce your stress, increase your circulation, and do many wonderful things. And this was a seven-day training that I participated in recently, and it was in Neptune Beach, Florida. So this is Podcast 86. Enjoy the show. We're always doing continuum as a way to help people integrate. And so, um, you know, you're in the right place. So any comments or questions so far, I'm going very slowly because this is a new topic and. It's important that we, we go slowly here, because it's, um, there's a, let's say it's a rich area that maybe has not been explored, at least in the way that I'm gonna take you into, the, into this area. So any comments or questions? I'm
1: wondering, is your
2: book available?
0: Yes, all my books are available. Um, so eBooks and all that. So towards the end, I'll create a resource that I will give to Donalía, and then um, you know you can uh, you can hook in that way.
3: I have a comment. I really see why you fell in love with Emily and why Emily fell in love with mm-hmm. you. I, <laughs> that's <laughs> all I have to say. all <laughs> I have to. Say. Yeah.
2: Okay. I imagine you're going to go more into the relationship between the brain and the eyes. I sure am. Okay. Yes.
1: I just want to orient my system so okay. Is this a multi-day
0: process? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think we'll we'll leave it as today, and then um, we'll see. Uh, you know, Donna Lee and I will talk about it, and uh, because I know she's got some other things in the what curriculum. So
3: what we're planning on doing is Sam's teaching today. This is the way it usually goes along. Then I'll teach tomorrow. Then he teaches again. So. If there's leftover things, certainly we can keep on going on it all. Um, uh, but also, Sam and I've talked about it—the importance of keeping the modules coherent with each other. Um, so I, I just—I'm thrilled to have it, eyes in. You know, mm-hmm. Sam was saying he did, and I said, "Of course, you've got to do eyes." You know, uh, you know, and uh, Emily would want it. So. Yeah, she
0: would. So let's talk a bit about hypervigilance because the eyes are one of the big places where we have hypervigilance and we don't even know it. So I'm going to be prompting you today to keep asking yourself, what are you feeling in your eyes? What are you feeling? What are you sensing? I'm going to cue you in that. And even in the somatic community, when I do that, People have no idea, no idea what they're feeling or sensing in their eyes. And so now let's talk about the eye exam. When you go for an eye exam, you're sitting in a dark room and you have this authority who's giving you a five minute checkup and asking you a question, which is clearer, lens number one or (laughs) lens number two? And you're, let's say you're having a bad day. Let's say you had like happened to you. Let's say today you were going for an exam. You have no idea what to choose, so I'll choose number two. So that particular lens that you get fixes you in that moment of time. Now let's say you get the lens and you have have high somatic intelligence, and you go, this feels a little dizzy, nauseous, it's tight. You go back to the doctor, and he says, don't worry, you'll get used to it. (laughs) So basically now you are um, having to adapt to some outer authority that's saying this is the way I think you should see. Mm -hmm. When I used to say that to Emily, she'd go ballistic because it's in her, her whole message of how we take back our authority and autonomy. And it's one of my main messages as a health provider. And when I even go to these conferences and I speak, um, these guys don't want to hear that because it's challenging their ego-centric ways. And in What's fact- So I see what we want to see here? So what, what the doctors are saying is, I want the patient to see through my world of view through my indoctrination, through my training. So we would never do this. Like, we learn a certain method, and everybody gets the same method. And so the doctors in school, they learn a certain method. And in eye care, they are so in the dark ages. I mean, you should see the stories that I get daily, nightmares of people and what they've been through. I mean, talk about being... Abused, invalidated. It's off the charts. It's, I mean, why people are putting up with this? I have no idea.
2: They don't know any better.
0: They don't know any better. And one of my missions, I'm very. The last couple of years, I've gotten very prominent on social media. And um, you know, when I do a Facebook Live Q and A, and all my stuff is free. I give it all away for free. All free. Um, I'll get 2,000 people on that stream, and every one of them is having a nightmare experience. And I've given up on the eye doctors. So if there's some way that if you do get eye people, you can help them through this work by all means, You know because the eye doctors don't want it. They're very fixed in their point of view. So, back to hypervigilance. And this is gonna come up for you a little later because we're gonna do a process uh, together that's gonna help you access a deeper part of your inner vision. You know, we have our inner vision and outer seeing, and they need to match. And most people aren't even connected to their inner vision. So, in this hypervigilance, let's say, You're in school you're six years old and your, your teacher's saying, come on, you got to read. You're not reading your parents are, you know, pushing you. So one of the adaptations you might make in your eyes is go, Oh my God, I am freaking out fight, flight, freeze. I'll choose freeze. So you pull the world in, you tighten up. This is the start of nearsightedness. So a person is saying, I am, I have got so much fear. I'm being asked to do something I can't do, how do I adapt? I tense, tighten up, pull in. So we wanna blame faulty vision on the eyeball, on genetics, no. It's our response to an experience. And so we go to the doctor and he or she validates our own program. So in nearsightedness, that's about pulling the world in. It's a defense strategy. It's what Emily was. We used to talk about it. And when she taught continuum, she wasn't in her myopia. But then when she'd have to drive on the 405 going over the valley, then she was in her myopia. But even then, she was very undercorrected, and I helped her a lot because she developed glaucoma and there was other things that happened. But myopia is about pulling the world in, it's a fear response.
2: Myopia?
0: Myopia, so that's nearsightedness. That means I can't see far away. I have said to myself, I'm going to get really good here. Uh Farsightedness is the other. It's pushing the world out. It's needing a magnification. In that case, there's there's an anger element. There's also an element in farsightedness where I'm not really great at focusing in on details. I'm really good at seeing the big picture. So there's all kinds of behavioral personality manifestations that show up based on the adaptation we make with our eyes. And guess what it's doing to our nervous system? The sympathetic nervous system is overstimulated. The third condition is astigmatism. That's where our eye is twisted. So we're both out there and in here. So the lens that we get locks that down. It locks it in, it embeds it, and this is the start of the deterioration.
2: So the Astigmatism is like a recoil. Is that my mm. understanding it's that a, like it, it, it like it like the, uh, like it's when you say twisted it's like
0: mm-hmm. so what I would say is that it's it's a very disjointed fragmented recoil. Okay. You basically are splitting your perception into many parts. So it is a recoil. I'm gonna give you a very interesting research project I did at Esalen. So I used to go there and do the legacy program for a month. And um, I had a group of Rolfers in this one class I was teaching. And I said, I'm gonna make you a bet. I can tell what your eye prescription is by watching you walk and your body's posture. And I did, I could tell exactly what was in the eyeball based on their body movement. And so another principle here is that any prescription that's in the eye, in fact, anything that's going on in the eye, has an echo systemically, metabolically, energetically in the body. Do I need to say that again? Yeah, (laughs) I was
1: just kidding.
0: So any condition that's going on in the eye the echo—it's also going on systemically, metabolically, and energetically in the body.
3: Can I say something? At any time, I This is for those that were here for the practitioners' training. Isn't this? Do you remember what my brother's work? He always looked at the eyes, and then he looked at the eyes at the end, and the and I was saying how much you could see a change that had occurred in the body through the mm-hmm. eyes. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just really uh. wow, that's so nice.
0: <laughs> nice you brought him in. Yeah. thank you.
2: Don, Don told me that he knew an eye doctor who, if you went to them, the first thing he did was smash their glasses. Uh uh-huh.
0: So, um...
2: What? Yeah. Was that you? No.
0: (laughs) So the trauma around when we go for our eye exploration is so off the charts, I would go, wow, I would never do that. So in the practitioner training, I remember Emily used to say that, you know, the, the patient client would come in, they're tuning themselves to you. So if you're all over the place, they're all over the place. And the healing occurs when you are attuned, then they are attuned. And you all know this. This is nothing new. If you ever come to visit me in New Mexico, um, I used to have a traditional office, although I was always doing this alternative work. But I built a geodesic dome on my property, and that's my office. And I have sound healing in there and all kinds of stuff going on in there. So it's a round building. And uh, people come for vision in that building. They just walk in and they're here. They are, I'm seeing better already. So the space, how we prepare it, how we prepare ourselves. I mean, that's a little bit outside the, I'm sure that's been covered in the practitioner program. I'm just here to stamp that validation um, I take space between every person, I'm doing continuum sometimes if it's a really, you know, difficult person <laughs> just to, so I'm attuned and I'm not being triggered, um, you know, and I still get triggered, you know, and it happened the other day and it was, it, it was a challenging session, but, you know, I bow to the, they're my teachers, right? <laughs> okay, so hypervigilance. Adaptation. How are we doing so far? I want an appointment.
2: You want an appointment. <laughs> this is your appointment.
0: So this is, you're going to I be, to an, you're, you're going to be analyzing your own vision and getting your treatment through our continuum dive. So this is your appointment. Because this will be the kind of appointment you give people. What a service that you can do this in your tool bag of all the things that Donalia here is offering in this program, oh my goodness, it's, it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so are we ready to go on?
3: Sam, just a quick question. So, you're, so hypervigilance is mainly related to nearsightedness?
0: It can also be related to farsightedness. It can be related to any condition. So let's go a little deeper. Let's say you have the macular degeneration, that's a big issue. So this is where the macula, which is the part of the retina, makes up 1% of the real estate of the retina. 1%, but it's the part that allows us to see detail. And it wears out, either because we're gripping in our world just by using the maculas, or hello, digital devices, blue light, we could talk about that. Or, again, back to the mitochondria, they're not producing enough ATP because there are three main areas of the eye that are called avascular. This might be important. Avascular means that the tissue relies indirectly to get its nutrient absorption. And there might be other parts in the body that are avascular too, I think there are. So the macula is one of those areas that is not getting enough nutrients, so it either dries out or it becomes too wet. And there's a puddle that starts to form. So just think about the freak out. One day you wake up and you go, oh my god, I can't see to read anymore. What happened? Well, probably for a long period of time, there's been this oxidative stress that's been accumulating in the macula. And it's the leading cause of blindness today. And again, if you go to a doctor, they say, well, there's really nothing you can do. There's this comedy bit I do. It's not a dark comedy. And what it is is that you go to the doctor. Oh my God, you have this disease. What What can you offer me, doctor? Well, we're just going to watch it. We're going to watch it get worse. Yeah,
2: they just fine.
0: And then I can do my laser machine. I can give you steroids, mm-hmm. and it'll probably make it worse. And you're going to lose your vision. But that's just you know how it goes. <laughs> that is the furthest from the truth. Okay, another resource. Uh, Mind Body Green is a um, Blog and I've written three articles for them. One article I wrote was on how to regenerate your eyes.
2: Did you say oh, mind, body, mind Body
0: Green. It's up in Boston. It's a blog. It's actually very good. Um, it's very well read. I wrote three articles. If you, Dr. Sam Byrne, Mind Body Green, you'll come to it. So in this one article, I wrote how to regenerate your eyes. Now, this is, there's a big medical allopathic. Uh, influence in the Northeast. And in there I go through different research projects. Harvard's doing a research project on stem cells, on working with eye regeneration. Um, there, there's lots of things out there and we know the term neuroplasticity, neurogenesis. Well guess what, the eyes have that same capability for regenerative or creating new pathways. I mean, that's one of the key tenets that I learned with Emily around, you know, her paralysis and working in that world. Well, guess what, I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of paralysis in their eyes and vision and perception. So macular degeneration, that's the first condition. And I can go into more strategies, you know, nutrition-wise and other things, but I just want to stay more broad. The second condition is called cataracts. I read a statistic recently, and I think it was NIH, 95% of all people are gonna get cataracts. Well, all a cataract <clears throat> is is just free radical damage that accumulates in the lens, and you can actually use homeopathic eye drops or increase your glutathione and vitamin C and deal with the psycho reasons why you're blocking the world, and you can reverse cataracts. They're can you doing- say that again? Sorry. Okay, no. sorry, I'm going
3: <laughs>
0: My My apologies. So cataracts is a problem with metabolic waste accumulating in the lens. And you can use homeopathic eye drops. You can increase your glutathione and vitamin C. You can do the mala Breath, which we're going to be doing later into the eyes, to dissolve cataracts. I've been doing it for 35 years. That's unheard of, that you could actually reverse cataracts. What kind of
3: uh,
2: homeopathic
0: drops? Uh, The drops are called cineraria. Um, So just a little aside to show you the revolution that I'm creating. I had a web store, and I was reaching about 400,000 people, and the Mm -hmm. FDA shut me down. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Now, now, it was all perfect, it was all perfect, because I had partners and there was a lot between us, so we're, we're gone, we're done, amicably. And I'm thinking about reintroducing the web store, I'm looking at a CBD eye drop, I'm looking at reintroducing some other things. The key is I need to have control in the manufacturing. I didn't have control in the manufacturing. And I also, I'm consulting lawyers, Uh, I have a very good lawyer in Santa Fe. So, I want to bring it back. I don't have any partners now. One day, I sold $30,000 of eye drops. One day. That's how much people want that natural eye drop. Mm -hmm. It's a $3 billion industry. Is
2: it still available?
0: Um, I still sell it in my practice, and I know of certain manufacturers where I could send you to, but right now I'm keeping a low profile, so yes. But a lot of the manufacturers I was working with were shut down. They called me three times, the FDA, and they said, we're shutting it down. So anyway, I don't want to dwell on that. It turned out to be a very positive thing for me uh, moving forward. And we have the medicine inside of us to dissolve the cataracts, Mm -hmm. so we don't really need it. So that's the bottom line. And um, you know, we can be victims or we, we see the, the magnificent outcome that's coming from that. And I get chills when I think about that. So we all have obstacles, but they're blessings. They're blessings. They just show us the, the roadmap on where to go next. OK, I don't, I don't want to dwell on that. The third condition is glaucoma. Emily had glaucoma. <clears throat> So glaucoma is an issue with the fluid, <laughs> the fluid in the eye. We're either not producing enough of it or it's clogged up, so it begins to starve the tissue. Now there are two things that I haven't talked about yet, two Ts, trauma and toxicity. So. As you get to know me, I, I'm very shy, uh, introverted, except when I'm teaching and I'm more extroverted. So I want to introduce you to another part of me, and that is, is that in my very first practice in Philadelphia, that's where I started, there were six allopathic eye centers around me and they were blackballing them. They were like this guy. So what I did is I went to one of the local hospitals and I started to work with traumatic brain injury because those doctors didn't want, they they didn't know what to do with those people. I worked with a physiatrist, outpatient, and I started to do physical therapy with them, with their eyes. And within three months, I was getting such great results, I got contracts at other hospitals, I started working with special needs kids, and I built up a very successful, lucrative practice that I ended up selling. So I went to the places where the need was not being met and I say that to you because you know it is challenging to get going whatever you're you know whether you're teaching continuum or whatever you're doing but if there's so much unmet need if you can I recognize that and you can feel that need then you're giving people value you're going to be successful and that's been a a practice my business practice that I've used over the years and so Anyways, my point of the story is that trauma and the eyes are very, very related, and when I was, I, I got hired by some attorneys to you know, represent people, trauma, as you know, a lot of times exists in the soft tissue. So when I would go and get uh, in front of the, you know, the, the doctors and I would be on, you know, at court, They would say, well, where's the MRI? Where's the X-ray? And I would say, it's soft tissue, and here are the symptoms. But one of the things to note is if anybody's ever been in a car accident or fallen, it shakes the muscles and the nerves up in the eyes, and you get these weird symptoms. I had a lady the other day come and see me. She had, just in passing, oh, I had a couple of car accidents like five years ago, no big deal and i have all had all these weird vertigo memory i'm retired i have all the money i need what's going on i went to my regular doctor they did all these neurological tests nothing showed up so he said go to counseling so i went to counseling for six months nothing happened it just so happened there was a holistic doctor who knew about me and within five minutes i said oh this is a tbi and why you have your symptoms is because your vision is so out of kilter. You're not tracking, you're seeing double vision, there's peripheral vision problem, simple. And she's gonna do physical therapy and she's gonna get it all back. But, um, so I want you to be aware of the relationship between trauma and where it fits in with the eyes. I used to work in Mexico and when I would work with these kids, a lot of them, we having very weird symptoms, and as I started to ask questions, they were all forceps delivery. They were wearing helmets. You've heard of this, right? You wear helmets when your head is misshapen. Are you kidding me? I mean, I was appalled by that's what they do.
3: No, in some countries they wrap because they
0: want their head to be a certain shape. Yeah, I mean that is insane, isn't it? Okay. So I just want to make you aware of trauma. I can talk more about it Um, again in our dives this morning and this afternoon. If you've had any eye trauma, um, this will apply. Uh, So the last one I want to, the other T is toxicity. So I'm I'm very honored to have Mark here as an acupuncturist because he knows, maybe he can speak a little bit about it, the relationship between our liver and our eyes. You want to say a few words, please?
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot to say there. Do you know about the three and uh Not
0: you know, in detail, yeah. but, you know, we'll probably need to stay a little more on the surface and there would be something, okay. if people are interested, they could talk to you. But you'll validate yes. what I just said. Um, do you, have, do you have a sentence or two or three you can...
2: Well, the liver channel is directly connected to the eyes, first of all. So the health of the liver is always going to be affecting the eyes. And the liver itself is responsible for cleansing toxins, for moving the energy in the body. So a lot of what we're working with in the from a TCM perspective would be an aspect of the ethereal soul, an aspect of... The it's the liver and the lungs that work together to move the chi. Mm-hmm. Um, but the liver has to do with sight and um, the different types of sight. Uh, the first hun would be if I put a candle here in the middle, we could all see it. The second hun would be if I put a candle in the cabinet and I closed it and you could see it. And then the third hun would be um, when the hun connects to Yuan Shen the original spirit in which everything is is true at that point. Okay,
0: I I so appreciate that. Um, So I'm going to give you another kind of relationship that I've seen, and it's somewhat related to the liver, but another horrifying experience that I see the relationship is our dental care, especially mercury amalgams. And if we've had mercury amalgams, we have a very good chance of getting something called floaters in the eyes. And root canals. For me, personally, I drive four hours. I live in Santa Fe. I go to Durango to a really great biological dentist. It's worth it for me to go there because I know he's not gonna put toxicities into my mouth, he's not gonna do root canals. And I think it's, I'm opening a door there on the dental care around how that affects our health and specifically for me, how it affects our eyes. So I'm just kind of spotlighting that for a second. Um, Back to the liver, doing any kind of continuum sounds into the liver the gallbladder the small intestine the large intestine the colon you know the whole enteric brain i've seen the eyesight get clear so in your dives when you're teaching perhaps to bring that in people might say to you wow why is my eyesight so clear you don't even have to say it what's happening today is that i am bringing into my field around the eyes And so now you're in the field. And so when you take that back to your teaching, it's in your field now. And you don't even have to talk about it. And if you want to use me as a resource, fine, that's great. It gives people hope, oh, there's somebody out there. And this is a place where I do use my authority, I use my credentials, I use those things as a way to help people. And by doing it, that to me is the highest good. So I'm going to pause again, hit the pause button, and see if there's any comments, conversation,
2: questions. Um, can I say more about the liver? Please, Please do. So also from a TCM perspective, the, the liver yin has to do with the fluids of the eyes, and the liver blood to the floaters we consider to be a, a liver blood condition. But liver blood is, it's a different understanding of, of are a Western concept of blood. There's many different types of, of blood in Chinese medicine. But also, um, some of you who are familiar with this, might be familiar with how the different emotions affect the different organs, but there's a very esoteric form of Taoism called Zhuyo, um, which really gets into, uh, that the liver stores emotion. So we say in Juyo that the the, the, lo- the, the emotions manifest in the lungs, they're stored in the liver, and that the heart receives and transforms emotion. So the heart channel also has a direct connection to the eyes. So if, if this energy channel isn't open, then the liver blood, the liver again, doesn't to get to the eyes. If there's emotions that are stagnating, they aren't being processed, they're not moving, that's going to affect the, the health of
0: the, the eyes as well. You know what I love about these circles is that we're all teachers for each other. I mean, Don and, Ly- and Lee and I are up here, we've got teachers here. But somewhere during the training, somebody's going to say something and go, Wow, that was amazing. And I just love that, that we're all in this together. And certainly I don't have all the answers. Um, but you know, I have something. So, and thank you for that. So, any other questions or, or you find
2: yeah. this interesting?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So we'll go one, two, three,
3: <coughs> four. The oh, okay,
0: you. you're 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 first.
3: I'm just going to say that I, um, for years, worked in colon hydrotherapy, and I worked at a um, holistic medical. In uh, in D.C. with the biological dentists, and we would take people through cleansing, and you know do biological dentistry and medical doctors and the and the and also the spiritual practice and the cleansing, and it would improve as like a side effect of whatever was being treated at the time. Because I think the eye was not the I don't think we had an eye doctor there. I think we had everything but eye doctor. But the eyesight would improve as a side effect of the treatment that people went
0: through with the, you know, especially with the cleansing. And just as an aside, and then we'll take more questions. So let's say your eyesight improves, and then you go back and put on that fixed, you know, you have to beg your doctor to say, can I have something Mm -hmm. Mm reduced? And one of the things that I do is I give people opposite prescriptions to work. (laughs) And, of course, they're not doing that when they're driving. They're doing it in a therapeutic setting. But it's really great to stress and give you something else, and then you have more expansion afterwards. And, um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say. for now. Okay, next question.
3: Something that kept coming up, because you talked about car accidents and the whole thing going on with the eyes, and... um, I found doing the cranial sacral, doing holding the occiput and they have people moving their eyes all around or mm-hmm. doing like humming and then doing that, it, it changes it very quickly and you can feel the pulling mm-hmm. back here in the neck and then you can feel it release. Mm-hmm. And it, it works very. I,
0: I would validate that and I would say that sometimes if a person moves into a certain area of their eye, like up here, that's where the trauma was. Mm -hmm. And then there's EMDR, which is the rapid eye movement, which I don't always recommend because it's too, it's like re-stimulating the trauma. Um, And the occiput and the cervical spine, (coughs) part of our diet is going to be working with the tongue and the mouth, and that's gonna activate the cervical spine and the occiput. I've had people that have had constant double vision when I do cranial to open this up. The double vision is gone mm-hmm. so um yes 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 there is a really strong connection there that i would say explore that either through sound or and or cranial you know fluid dynamics okay who's
3: next um, so i've recently had a cataract surgery mm-hmm. and as I'm listening to the conversation i can see where there are places in my history i can heal with what we do also in my eyes and all the the holding that I have, but now I've got the cataracts. And so am I locked into what those lenses are doing in my eyes? And if, if they're, if that prescription is locked in and connected to some toxicity or history, is that,
0: well, remember at the very beginning, I said 90% of vision is in the brain. The cataract surgery is addressing the 10%. Okay. So you can do many things to change that because you haven't even touched the 90%. The one thing I would say for you, and this would be anybody that's had cataract surgery, um, the blue light that's emitted from our halogen lights and our screens can, um, damage our eye tissue. There was a big study that the French government put out was a 400 page um, report and it was through their health council and they clearly said in their research that blue light affects our eye tissue. And so our original lenses have the blocking agent of the blue light but the new lenses they put in have no protection. So you're vulnerable to getting things like macular degeneration and other damaging effects of the blue light, so you must wear blue blockers, which are the yellow amber lenses. And they don't tell you that. The surgeon does not tell you that you're now not blocking blue light anymore because it's, I've talked to different intraocular lens companies about put that in and they're like, no, not yet. We need more research. Well, the research is there. So what I've done instead is, again, through my social media is say, if you've had cataract surgery, you want to be taking lutein, zeaxanthin, because those protect the macula, and you want to do blue blocking glasses. Because you're wide open to the damage. So anybody you know that has cataract surgery should be wearing blue blockers.
3: I'm very light sensitive now. So you're going, going to, to be, be. Yeah. yeah. This is difficult for me, yeah. so. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Lutein, what?
0: lutein, and zeaxanthin. Those are carotenoids, those are pigments that act like sunglasses that are on the macula itself. So they're pigments. It's a red, orange, yellow pigment that if you looked at the macula, if you don't have that pigment, you're more susceptible to getting macular degeneration. Well, you can get that in your foods in the rainbow diet, (coughs) the rainbow vegetables.
2: Red, orange, yellow,
1: green. Beet yeah. yeah. salad. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademark signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information exercises, suggestions, explorations, or or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.